0: Welcome to Sure Foundation Lutheran Church's podcast channel. The following sermon was preached on November 19th, 2023, on the basis of Psalm 100. The text for our sermon today from Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. your brothers and sisters in Christ, Uh, in the the Roman Empire, I think early centuries AD, uh, there was this um, abhorrent, evil, incredibly evil practice. It's kind of even painful to to say, but we're going to talk about it a little bit today because there's some some stark illustrations here. Uh, This abhorrent practice was that if, if two people had a child and they decided for whatever reason they did not want that child, they would take that child and abandon that child in a part of a city. Now, it makes your stomach turn thinking about it, right? But uh, unfortunately, this became such a common practice in that day that there became designated spots throughout the city where people knew that that's where unwanted children were left. Now, at first, uh, people would use this as uh, for evil purposes, and they would, would say, if that child was not, did not die from exposure, uh, somebody would come and, and take that child and raise it as a slave. Incredibly evil. But Christians stepped in. Christians stepped in and started saving these, these children, bringing them into their own homes, and raising them as their own children. Now, now, think about that for a second. If you were one of those children that was saved by a, a Christian family in that day, and, and a little bit later, maybe your parents, maybe your parents chose to tell you what, what happened to you. You can imagine all the different thoughts that would run through your head, uh, some maybe not so good, but, but you've got to imagine that one of the chief thoughts that would run through somebody's head would be, where would I be if not for my parents? If they didn't come and, and save me. And the answer to that is quite sobering, because for the, the people of that day... In that culture, if the parents wouldn't have stepped in to save them, it would have meant death or slavery. But instead, they were saved. They were saved and they were given a home, a family, a life, and a future. It's an emotional illustration, tugs on our heartstrings and, and hits close to home for some of us. But really it should hit close to home for all of us. It should hit close to home for all of us because whether you know it or not, that's each of our stories. Because you were born into sin, dead in sin. And I think we fail to understand exactly what that means and fully grasp what that means. We confess it almost every single week. We said it in the confession today. But do you grasp what it means to be dead in sin? This isn't just something that can be wished away by positive thinking and good old-fashioned try-hard. This dead in sin that you were born into means that you were completely alienated from God's family. Sin and the corruption of sin in your heart had left you out in the cold, abandoned. The only family that would claim you was the devil and his demons... The, the brightest future that you had was slavery to sin. And your eventual uh, future would be death and your home, hell. Being dead in sin, it's a pitiful, pitiful state, more than we could ever grasp. But God didn't desire that for you or for anybody. And so what did God do? In, in compassion and love, he made a plan. He made a plan to send somebody to save you, to save you from being abandoned, to save you from exposure, to save you from your your sin. And in love, he wouldn't wouldn't go back on that promise. He wouldn't leave you alone. And so he sent his own son and gave up his own son. Now, Now think about the dynamics of that for a second. If we're talking in family language here, right? God the Father gave up his own son his own family, gave him up, sacrificed him so that he could take you, who were foreigners, aliens, outsiders, abandoned, so he could take you and bring you into his family. He gave his son so that you could be his son and his daughter. That's not a picture that I made up. That's a picture that runs through the scriptures. If you read through, through Paul's epistles, it's, it's in there all over the place. This idea that we've been adopted into God's family uses this as a picture to, to tell us about the, the gospel and just what he has done for us in the gospel. So I, I think a fairly familiar passage to you would be this one from Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. You, you've heard it before, but maybe with that context, it, it sort of brings new meaning to you. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship, that we would be adopted into his family, which is why we celebrate Christmas even as early as November 1st, right? Not, not, because, you, not because you love the trees and the nostalgia and the decorations and the cookies and, and all that stuff. All that stuff's great. But Christmas is worth celebrating all year long because God had sent his son to redeem you from being under the law. That law that crushed you, Jesus lived under it so that he could free you from it. And by freeing you, he has brought you into his, his family. He, you would have been dead without him, but he has given you a home, a family, a life, and a future by making you his sons and daughters. And he did that through, through faith, by bringing you in through the waters of baptism, by connecting you to Christ and his sacrifice. He has made you his sons and daughters. Listen to these two here. This is from a chapter earlier in Galatians. He says, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves in Christ. Your entry into God's family was marked by your baptism. This is what brought you in, gave you faith. Another one from Romans 6 here. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may receive a new life. You have been connected to Christ in your baptism. His fate is yours, and so when he, when he rose from the dead and took his seat at the, the right hand of the Father as his son, you have received the same rights as sons. Adoption to sonship, he said, right? He sent his own son to give his life for you so that you would be brought into his family, so that you would be given a home, a life, a family, and a future. With all of that, let's go back to Psalm 100 and look at verse 3. If you want to actually open up to Psalm 100, you can look at verse 3. We're going to really focus on verse 3 here. He says, Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us. We are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. So let's dissect this a little bit and start with the first phrase there. Know that the Lord is God. I think one of the big mistakes that we make, especially when we're talking about knowledge when it comes to the Bible, but we can say this about knowledge in general, is we boil knowledge down to just pure information. We think we know someone or something if we've consumed all of the facts and consumed all of the information about that, that thing or that, that person. But that doesn't encompass the, the whole of, of knowledge here. We're missing something if we do that. And when the psalmist Uh, urges us to know that the Lord is God. Certainly part of that is knowing some information, acknowledging that the Lord is God. But the other part of that is experiencing his gracious rule. You know that. When you you get to know somebody, you know some facts about them, but you also know them through experience, through the time that you spend together. The same is true with the Lord. Acknowledge him as Lord, know things about him, but experience his gracious rule. And so when we start to know him, we start to acknowledge him as Lord, we need to learn who he is. So he is the Lord, as he has revealed himself to us, the all capital letter Lord. Now, I apologize if I've said this before in a sermon. I know I have at some point, so bear with me. um, And maybe this will be a good refresher for you. When you see the all capital letter Lord in the Old Testament, uh, this isn't uh, uh, somebody hit the caps lock on accident. This is uh, a specific Hebrew word that was used to talk about the Lord, the, the covenant God. Uh, in, in the Old Testament, the, the believers revered this name so much that they wouldn't even speak that word. It, it, would, equi- it would be the equivalent of us saying uh, Jehovah or Yehovah uh, would be the, the name. We've, we've kind of transliterated it to Yahweh today. Uh, but when they would see that word, they'd say Adonai because they dare not speak the name of the Lord because it was so, it was so holy. But whenever they saw that name or whenever that name was, was referenced, whenever they said Adonai in, in its place, they would think the covenant God. Now, a covenant, uh, refreshing your memory here, a covenant is a promise, a contract between two people typically. But God made us a one-way uh, contract. A one way contract where he said, I'm going to send the head crusher uh, to crush the head of the devil. I'm going to send my son to save you from your sins, and, and you don't have to do anything in return. This is not a two sided contract, a one sided contract here. So the, the covenant God uh, is, is the all capital letter Lord. And so when they, when they see that name, all of the stuff that comes along with that name, those promises is what comes to mind for the, for the Hebrew that hears this. So to know God is, is to, to know who he is. He's the all capital letter Lord. It's to know how he's revealed himself in scripture. He's revealed himself as the covenant God. He's also revealed himself as a God who is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. He's revealed himself as a God who is perfectly loving and always faithful to his promises, that he's perfectly just, and the list can go on and on, right? Part of knowing the Lord is knowing who he is. Part of knowing the Lord is experiencing his gracious rule. We've all experienced his gracious rule. We, make, we acknowledge this every time we say the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread, right? When we're making that prayer, we're, we're praying for God's pr- we're, we're acknowledging the fact that God is the one that provides our daily bread, that feeds us. And not just our, our daily bread, but he puts a roof over our heads, he, he supports us with, with the people around us, he provides for us in, in so many ways that perhaps we're not even, uh, we're, we're kind of oblivious to some of the ways that he even provides for us, but he does. And he protects us. This is part of his gracious rule in our lives. From countless spiritual threats that you don't even know that are going on around you, he's protecting you. And he's protecting you from, from real physical danger. All of the different things in your, in your life that, that could have happened but haven't. If only we were given a glimpse into what those things were, we'd have every reason to be even more thankful for God's gracious rule in our lives. But of course, the greatest way that we experience his gracious rule in our lives is how he rules in our hearts through faith. You enter God's family when you were baptized, when you were given faith in your heart. And now He rules your heart uh, in that faith. Your, your, your body is now a temple of the, the Holy Spirit, of which He is the King. And because He saved you, because He has made you a part of His family, because He has given you hope, a home, a future, because He has given you an identity, because He has given you a family of believers here, we respond with thanks. Look at, look at the, the verse 3 again. He's, a cap, he's encapsulating all of this in his words. It is he who made us. We are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. He made us in, in really two senses. He, he made us as in we wouldn't exist without him. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He also made you new when you were baptized. He made you a new creation. He put to death your sinful nature, and he rose to life someone new. We read that in that Romans 6 passage, too. You're connected to Christ, buried and raised with Christ in your baptism. This is what he has done for you here. Uh, And because of that, we are his, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. This is maybe another thing that we've talked about, but when when we get into Hebrew poetry, when we're in Psalms, uh, the the middle part is the the most important part. We tend to think of the the beginning, if you're reading, a beginning of a paragraph might be the most important part. It kind of gives you the idea of what the rest of the paragraph is like. Or some books, the the best part, of course, is the end. This is the climax, right? In Hebrew poetry, it's right in the middle. That's how their culture worked. So the middle of these verses, verse 3. It is he who made us, we are his, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Which means, if this psalm is a prayer of thanks, and every other, every other verse of this psalm is thanks and praise and worship to God, it all flows from the source, which is right in the middle. Verse 3, it is he who made us, we are his, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Not really a surprise, Right? Thanks and praise and honor and worship, these are all responses to something, right? You can't conjure up thankfulness within yourself. If you want to be a more thankful person, if you want to show more gratitude to somebody for something, that thankfulness has to have a source somewhere, right? So a popular thing to do is the gratitude journals, right? As you're writing those things that you're thankful for, you're writing the different blessings in your life, the ways that God has blessed you. Because thankfulness and gratitude is a response to something or someone, to to these blessings God has given you. So as Christians, you have every reason to be thankful because, verse 3, the source, we are his, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. You know what you were, you know what you are, and you know who God is. Thankfulness, praise, and worship flow naturally from a heart that knows the gospel. Thankfulness, praise, and worship grow as it's connected to the gospel. Because of the gospel, you are his. You are, are, are led to joy and gladness. You are led to entering his courts with thanksgiving and praise, coming, coming to worship to, to praise him, to sing to him here. You are led to give your, your money, your time, your talents, now, all of your, your life to, to him, in service of him. You no longer live for yourselves, but you live for, for Christ. Because this is a pretty great family to be a part of. The family that you've been brought into. Uh, look at the, the closing verse here. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. But when you're in God's family, life is pretty good. Life is pretty good. His faithfulness continues through all generations. That's his promise to you. So this, this Thanksgiving, we can be thankful for a lot of things. But, but let's be thankful that we've been brought into God's family and that we receive all of the blessings that come with being in God's family. Amen. Hi there, Pastor Wilkie here. Thanks for taking time this week to, to be in the Word and to grow in your faith. We know that where the Word is preached, the Holy Spirit is working to strengthen and to create faith in the hearts of people. Uh, Because we know that's the case. Uh, And if you enjoy these sermon podcasts, we'd we'd really love it if you'd share these with your friends. Uh, This is an easy way to evangelize and to get the word into people's ears. And, And as a way of also doing that, could you hit like or subscribe wherever you are listening to this podcast? This is just a way that we are able to be seen by more people so that more people may hear this gospel message. We hope you'll join us next week as we dive into God's word yet again. God bless.